In this episode of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. That concept of high strangeness is something that I'm super into. Welcome to episode 121 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. This episode is a rather spooky interview with Mr. Mike Weeby, who is an actor, a stand-up comedian, a podcast host, and also a musician. That's a lot of hats to wear, Mike, it really is. Mike is probably best known for being the singer or vocalist in the bands Riverboat Gamblers and Draculas. Now, I had an idea that Mike might be interested in the paranormal, which I kind of based on Riverboat Gamblers' song titles, okay? I was right that Mike has an interest in the paranormal, kind of the weird high strangeness, as Mike puts it. But I was way off on the Riverboat Gambler songs being about paranormal subjects. But in the eternal words of Mike Ness of Social Distortion, I was wrong. No, those songs are about other things. Uh, They're lyrics that are kind of a more personal nature rather than paranormal nature. It was very fortunate, I think, that I had those thoughts about the Gamblers and Mike and the Paranormal because I wrote to the band, I ended up talking to Ian M. I think there's two Ians in Riverboat Gamblers. Isn't that an interesting thing? Ian said, write to Mike. He would totally be into talking about ghosts and weird stuff. So here we are. Yeah, I'm very, very glad that this all came together. I wanted to tell the story of how this episode came together for the reason that To me, this episode was kind of like a random thing in a lot of ways. Very last minute also. There might be some weird synchronicities with this episode as well. I wanted to do one of those Haunted Harmonies type of episodes where it's a very short interview with a person from a band and I tell the story of a haunted place in the area that that band is from. And it grew into something much, much bigger and better that I hope for. Mike and I talk about a lot of really great stuff. And another good thing came out of this episode. I had no idea that Mike was a singer in the band Dracula's. And I love that band. It is a great band name, though the band Wolfface might disagree with me on that point. However, the music, the name, the band itself, it's kind of like punk rock with these uh, slightly new wave-ish undertones. It's really great stuff. You're going to hear a Dracula song later, so I might as well talk about it right now while we're on the subject of music. In between the interview segments with Mike, you're going to hear one Riverboat Gambler song, and that song is Don't Bury Me, I'm Still Not Dead. And you're also going to hear one Dracula song. The Dracula song is off their 2020 full-length record, Terminal Amusements, and that song is called Dark Black. We are going to talk a little bit about the Gamblers and Draculas in this interview. Don't worry about that. You will hear some music-related content, though it is mostly paranormal and weird in nature. But getting back to what I was saying earlier, the episode was supposed to be much, much shorter, a completely different format, but Mike and I had a lot more to talk about than just that very short format Haunted Harmonies type of episode, you know, the kind of do you believe in ghosts shtick that I'm doing with that. Mike has some great stories, really creepy and really great, and we're going to get some of his thoughts on the paranormal as well, as well as weird stuff and high strangeness. Uh, One more thing before we get to that interview. I wanted to tell the story of a place called the Goatman's Bridge when this was going to be a Haunted Harmonies episode. 
That bridge is located in Mike's hometown, in the hometown of the Riverboat Gamblers, Denton, Texas. So Mike and I are going to talk about that a tiny bit. However, we don't talk about the story that I wanted to tell about the bridge, the version of the story that I heard. So I am going to come at you with a little bit of a story time. It's one of those two minutes of terror type of stories right after you hear the version of the story that Mike heard. So you're going to get two stories of the Goatman's Bridge in this episode. Yes, stay tuned for that very terrifying tale that's coming up in the interview later, if you dare. That is, yes, if you dare. Right now, though, a few words from this episode's sponsor, Good Life Digestive Health. Then we'll get right to the rest of the episode. Please stay tuned. This human specimen you've discovered appears rather unremarkable. I suggest that we begin the examination. We may find some anomalies if we probe deep enough. The human digestive system is such a primitive, yet complicated mechanism. Hold a moment. This human's digestive system is in pristine working order. What kind of technology do the humans have that could cause this? Scans indicate this human has been using the products from Good Life Digestive Health. Let me initiate a more detailed scan. Yes, I've found traces of several Good Life Digestive Health dietary supplements in this human's nutrition utilization and disposal tract. Digest Plus... Healthy Bowel Support, Diver Calm Botanicals, and Enteric Coated Peppermint Oil are all present. Amazing. Where could such a primitive species have obtained products of this quality and utility? You don't need to have warp drive technology to get your hands on the products of Good Life Digestive Health. Simply go to goodlifedigestivehealth.com to browse the amazing selection of natural, holistic remedies and nutritional products available for those suffering from diverticulitis, ulcerative colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, and other bowel and gut disorders. Good Life Digestive Health, out-of-this-world products that can help bring balance and restore good health to your digestive system. Disclaimer, these statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This information slash products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Well, I'd like to welcome Mike Wiebe to the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. Hello, Mike. Thank you for Hello. talking to me. How are you, Bob? I'm good, Mike. I'm good. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm awesome. Good. I just got back from uh, from Fort Worth, Texas, which is like four hours or yeah, three and a half hours north. Uh, I was at a psychic fair. Oh yes, today those, yeah, with a I mutual some, friend of ours as well, mutual friend, uh, Jeff yeah, Humper, Jeff Humper, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I watched him get his tarot cards read. All right, so Mike is the singer, vocalist, however you want to say it, of the Riverboat Gamblers. For one, yeah. based in Austin, Texas, formerly or or originated in Denton, Texas. Denton, yeah, uh, totally. De- Denton home of the Goatman Bridge, which we are going to talk about here in a little bit. So tell me, uh, first thing, just for the listeners, kind of tell the story of the gamblers. What's 
where did the the riverboat gamblers we already said came from denton but you know kind of fill in the gaps for me if you don't mind yeah uh well you know like i think i, I went to college in santa fe for a couple years in like 93 through 95 and came back and um yeah just started you know at that time it was like like all the guys from the marked men and a couple other bands there's a bunch of there's several bands before the marked men and the gamblers started and they, they shared like different members and stuff and then yeah we you know we were just doing house shows and uh and uh th that was like actually my buddy jamie wednesday he calls it the gilman gold rush and it was like right when green day was breaking and like just you know it wasn't just like punk rockers that were like i'd been into punk forever but like everybody at that minute was like it was punk rock you know and yeah, so yeah. like we like uh, the, it was crazy like we there was like three houses and we were all doing house shows um three or four houses and it was just, i mean it was wild like there were all these bands that would pass up playing clubs like decent paying club shows in dallas to go play you know this little college town and just like get you know a, a bucket passed around because they knew that the shows were going to be crazier and like and and just more like more well attended and stuff and denton was just this weird little epicenter for for a lot of stuff and it, it has been at, at different times like before that kind of like free grunge there was like this scene there and I, i'm sure there's something amazing happening there now i've been in austin for a really long time but uh yeah so you know like jimmy world and like at the drive-in and all these bands were playing denton yeah we just kind of gamblers kind of got started around then like out of the ashes of a couple other bands and uh yeah i don't know that's kind of the, the thing that got me out of that town and got me kind of touring all over and doing stuff that i you know got, getting to go to other countries and stuff like that i never would have would have thought that then we moved to we moved to austin um and we've been here for like i don't know 15 something years in austin and uh gamblers still do stuff i have another band called dracula's that's playing a lot that we just put out our second record just just the best timing just uh just a week into the pandemic that record came out <laughs> oh, you man, could not yeah. have timed it better oh. and uh but i'm super stoked on that record and uh that that band actually probably tours and stuff a little bit more than the gamblers now but gamblers we're still doing stuff we just put yeah. out like a seven inch and and uh working on new material and stuff like that and uh yeah cool still going yeah i didn't the you know long what? way to the top <laughs> when you want to rock and roll um when you want to rock and roll <laughs> i didn't know you were in dracula's i love dracula's yeah. i didn't i had no oh, idea thanks i had no idea yeah yeah um, the name got me you know i was like Oh, I have to check this band out. Yeah, Holy yeah, shit. yeah. Like this is the band for me, and I go, oh yeah, this really is the band for me. This is awesome, you know. <laughs> well, cool. All right. Yeah, the idea, the idea of that band is kind of like uh, sort of a riff on the the world of the Warriors, and and the idea that if there was a gang of dudes that were like, what's the toughest thing you could be? Uh, a Dracula. Okay, our gang's called the Draculas. That's a, that is a good. The vampires are pretty tough. We're here to talk about ghosts, mostly ghosts and paranormal stuff, because I had a suspicion that that was something that you're into, which yeah, you know, you pretty much confirmed. And then I also talked to our friend, and he said, "Oh, he gave me a couple things to ask you about." But first, I mean, very obviously, quote unquote believing in ghosts you know it, is that something 
that you would say is a true thing, like you believe in ghosts. It's kind of a weird statement, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think there's something. I think that it maybe has to do, and this is, you know, just my own conclusions. I think it maybe has something more to do with somebody leaving for whatever reason, like, uh, like a, a psychic residue, like leaving some sort of a, a psychic mark and then someone else being the right type of person being sensitive to that. And, it, and, and if those two things, you know, are in the right place at the right time that that energy picks up on it and maybe even causes things to happen. Like I don't, I, I kind of question, I feel like, if there were actual like sentient entities that we would, I don't know that something more direct would have been seen or heard by now, but it feels sure. like there's just these, these things that kind of happen. And I wonder if it's some sort of energy, energy deposit left by someone, whether they know it or not. I'm, I'm guessing most of the time they don't know it. Maybe it is a trauma thing with someone getting murdered or something like that, that you expend this insanely psychic energy or something awful that happens in a place over a long period of time and a sensitive person picks up. And I, I, I hate to say it, but I don't know that I'm that sensitive to that. I, I've been looking right. to see something, to feel something, and I, I don't know that I ever necessarily have. But, you know, I have so many friends that have seen stuff that, you know, I think that something there or, or just – experience something truly strange that it doesn't even make sense you know like i i that concept of high strangeness is something that i'm super into that this this thing of like i don't know what it is you know just right. like just these incidents and i'll i'll tell about one later um that i you know i don't i don't know it's just weird or maybe they're like spots on the and i i've kind of maybe think this too that there's spots on the earth that naturally lead, like uh, attract that kind of energy or something mm -hmm. like that or people or people spots in earth where people get more sensitive when they're in that area yeah it's like there's their abilities like, like or their ability to see and yeah. see and feel these things gets increased yeah. just by being close to that place i mean we'll look yeah. at as a perfect example certain areas around the country where there's a ton of ufo activity right exactly and it's kind of yeah. centered in one spot uh point pleasant west virginia you know totally. mothman and yeah all yeah, the crazy yeah. ufo stuff that all that happened. stuff around there yeah it's nuts one thing i wanted to ask you about for from the riverboat gamblers to go back to that for a second is some of the songs it seems like well might be referencing a ghost like the song uh blue ghost but it's not it's not about a ghost at all. It's more about they're kind of personal lyrics in a way. Do, do yeah, you have yeah. any, any gambler songs that are about ghosts or kind of weird stuff like that at all? Mm, I don't know. Maybe they'll reference something like that, but I don't, I don't think so. Usually they're about, I kind of, it depends on what record there's like the, Oh, you got dumped that record or <laughs> right. the, uh, they're like the, or like the real angry about politics, that record. And then the record that there's like a, a record that was like, I was just trying to write, like, think like what a pop song would be like, you know, so it's kind of, but I don't, I don't think I have anything that's specifically about a ghost. 
that I can think of. But oh, there's no? so many there's so many songs I can I know there is. <laughs> That's a big question, you know. What yeah. about Dracula's? Is there any any songs? No, Dracula's is all like set in like a uh like those are like it's sort of a concept band, so everything's set in the idea of like the 19 like a 1970s what i thought the new york city was in the 1970s when i was a little kid and had never been out of suburban texas so it's all songs about like guys that are in like you know kind of street gangs or like um or like a kid who's like doing blow to like play video games all night and he's like turning <laughs> tricks or like uh just like just seedy like pornography like the golden age of pornography like times square in the 70s so each song is like I'll make up a character that I think would live in that world, and I'll just sing a song. Each song is kind of from their point of view. There's like an Andy uh, War. There's a there's an Andy Warhol esque character. There's a street preacher who's preaching the end of the world and stuff like that. So all the songs are kind of written from the point of view of, of characters and stuff like that. Oh, how cool! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a different. That's definitely kind of a different thing. You know, that's not something. You, yeah, it's, it kind of it makes it easier to. It's weird that sometimes you like put some constraints on yourself, some rules on yourself, and it, it kind of opened up this new like creativity level. Like it was like, well, I, I know all these things that I can't write about, and I can't reference like a cell phone, and I can't reference like politics of anything happening right now or that. It, and it all has to be from a different person, you know? Yeah. So it's, it was kind of like a reason, like, well, I wanted to, you know, I've never tried uh, heroin or anything like that, but I wanted to write a song about what it's like to be a junkie. So I was like, "Oh, this is a good way to do it." Like, as I, it's not, it's not me. It's this kind of made-up guy in my head. Yeah, and that's a good. I mean, that's cool what you said too. It, it that opens a whole new door to a whole new world of creativity cause totally, than, than anything totally. you've done before. I would assume, you know.
Okay, now let's talk about Danton and kind of a couple of uh, specific things that might have happened in Denton, Texas. Uh, Bruce Hall, right? That's a, a haunted Hall, yeah. dormitory at the University of North Texas. What? What? I was told to ask yes. you about Bruce Hall. Well, I never had any experiences at Bruce Hall because I never went to. I never stayed there. I I went to. Um, I actually ended up graduating from TWU, which is Texas Women's University, because uh, and they let guys in. Uh, I I did have to dress in drag. It was a very bosom buddies scenario. <laughs> no, they 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 let guys they let guys go there. They let guys there, but it was my dad actually worked there, so it was ultimately like really cheap for me to go there. But wow. um, all my friends went to UNT, and I actually even took a couple film classes there. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely one of those weird energy places you know certain rooms you just kind of felt there's sometimes and it's not all old places but there's some old places that you just get that super weird feeling but there was there was room in particular that was just really famous for having the door slam Hmm. like hard with no one slamming it and i i never got to experience that but um it was you know, it was just kind of famous for that. And I had a couple of friends swear up and down that that totally happened while they were there. Or you just hear this, you know, they like leave and it would be like they leave, you know, you go leave your dorm and, and, you know, go four dorm rooms down and hang out. And all of a sudden they'd leave their door open because they were going to walk back and just hear this like, bam, and then go back and like the doors closed. And it was like, Ugh, what happened? Oh, there? weird. Yeah. 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 Another thing I was told to ask you about was something about a doll that Jeff's sister owned. Oh, yeah. She had I mean, it was a total like Annabelle type situation. Oh, they God. had some oh. they had like a and I, I've seen pictures of it. But I mean, they they were freaked out by it. Like they did not want it around. And it was just like kind of cursed. And I, I, God, I can't remember. It was definitely a thing that he would show pictures of and freak everyone out just to look at it. Um, like God, a weird gotta, antique doll or something yeah, like that? Yeah, antique. A super old antique doll. God, it's been so many years since I've blocked that that creature out of my, out of my mind. <laughs> I don't blame you at all. I yeah. hate cursed haunted dolls. They're my yeah. nemesis, you know? Oh, yeah. my God. Oh. Goatman's Bridge. The Goatman's yeah. Bridge or the Old Alton Bridge yeah. in Denton, Texas is a very well-known yeah. haunted place. What do you know about Goatman's yeah. Bridge? Well, I you know, I went out there a number of times. Supposedly there's a goat-like cryptid creature that would come up and attack. And you know, it I definitely I never experienced anything. I went out there a number of times hoping for something. Uh never experienced anything. There was also another place in Denton where uh supposedly if you put um baby powder is it was a train tracks that you have to cross over and i think there's a number of places like this all over and supposedly if you sit your car at the at the apex of it and if you put baby powder you it'll push your car over and there'll be little kids handprints because supposedly like a kid's school bus got destroyed there it's it's just a gravity thing though like it's not and definitely i've never seen any handprints (laughs) oh wow but um but uh yeah Goatman's bridge is just kind of one of those famous things now i Here's the thing, I think, supposedly, there was 
a lot of uh, cult activity in the 70s and 80s. Now, I kind of debunk that along with a lot of satanic panic stuff, you know. I grew up having to go to a Baptist church, and I was constantly being told that, like, you need to stay inside on Halloween. There's roving gans, gangs of Satanists that are right. bloodthirsty and want all that. But supposedly they're – I don't know. It, it's so hard to tell between – because, you know, the the more that, that you get old – that I've gotten older – and learned about like satanic panic type stuff, the more I realized like, I think it was all full of shit. But, you know, I, another friend of mine used to have a story about out near Goat, this wasn't directly Goatman's Bridge, but this is out near that area. One time he went out there hearing that you could, that on a certain night that there was going to be uh, some sort of like a black mass kind of situation. And the story got to us that he drove out there and actually saw like robed figures around a fire and started to turn around. And then this hail of rocks started coming at him and that all these and you, it was like a rough road that you had to kind of drive it was super rocky and you had to do it really slow and that all these dudes in robes were chasing him and throwing rocks at him and stuff like that. And that story was near Goatman's bridge. So I don't know, I, you know, and that was like my friend's brother who, who told us that story. I don't know. Could that have something to do with that? With, with is it just to do with the mythos of, of that area? But supposedly, you know, if you go on the right night, it was, it was a guy with goat hooves that would run up and, and attack cars and jump on cars and stuff like that. And there's a couple other spots that I've read about across the country that there were like these goat figures that would like yeah, attack yeah. cars. So it's, it's yep. not like, it's not an uncommon, uh, completely uncommon uh, urban legend. You know, at this point right. it's still an, uh, an urban legend, but I don't know that anyone from Denton at that time period had heard those urban legends and that they were at different places. It is that weird thing though. Like, I don't know how people knew stuff across the country without the internet, you know, like I remember right. like hearing these stories about like, you know, you know, Perry Farrell, the singer of Jane's addiction, he's got AIDS and he's going to die. And his girlfriend gave him AIDS and right. And then like, like, I don't know, randomly now that I'm a, big Jane's addiction fan but like I, I was when I was a kid and then like weirdly watched some rock doc was on and they were talking about how he couldn't play shows because there was this rumor that he had AIDS and this was in the early days of the AIDS crisis there was these rumors that he had AIDS and like in Florida they shut the show down because they were like you can't and he was you know talking about that he's like well the situation was I was dating a girl but we broke up. There were all these places that I was going and they were trying to shut down the show because they were afraid that I could somehow give AIDS to the crowd by sweating. But the crazy thing is like that wasn't on MTV News and there weren't message boards. I'm like, yeah. how did how did kids in junior high in Denton, Texas get that rumor to them? Like, how did that happen? And it was that, right. like, and there's a number of things like that. Like, how did we all how did we all hear about Richard Gere and the gerbil? And, you know, right. how, you know, it's <laughs> right. And, and those were just usually rumors. it's like an older brother or yeah. something like that, you know, but how did they hear it? How did they and hear how did it? that spread from like wherever the hell it came yeah. from? Ah, that's an amazing thing you brought up, man. I have never, ever thought of how those rumors got spread that yeah. far. Right. 
Totally. Without and, the internet. To, without are, are the people internet. people writing letters to each other? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see you again. And by the way, Richard Gere has been known to put yeah. gerbils in his ass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, love Aunt Linda, you know? like. And I, I, I feel like it could, I could see those rumors starting on the West Coast and it kind of trickling out. But like Denton, Texas, not that it's like the most one horse hick town, but it, it was a small town. You know, right. it was it was still it felt, you know, I it certainly felt like, a, you know, like my my love affair with, with California, like it felt like California was another planet. Like, I don't know how that sure, was getting sure. to us. The old Alton Bridge crosses Hickory Creek near the city of Denton, which is located in North Texas. This iron truss style bridge was built in the year 1884 and it was located near the home and farm of Oscar Washburn and his small family. Oscar was known locally as the Goat Man, due to the fine herd of goats he and his family tended. Oscar's goats were known to produce the best milk, cheese, meat, and goat skins in the area, so Oscar bore the title of the Goat Man with pride. Oscar was so proud of the title, he hung a sign on the Alton Bridge that proclaimed, This Way to the Goat Man. The year was 1938, and Oscar Washburn was a black man. Local members of the Ku Klux Klan, some of them prominent local politicians and businessmen, took exception to the success of Oscar. So they decided they'd teach the goat man a lesson. Late one night, a group of these Klansmen drove across the old Alton Bridge, headlights off, sneaking onto Oscar's property like the cowardly snakes that they were. The Klansmen forcefully removed Oscar from his home while his family screamed at the lynch mob to stop and go away. The hooded men dragged Oscar to the Alton Bridge and secured Oscar's neck within that noose. They pushed Oscar over the side of the bridge, then looked over to see the results of their grim handiwork. But Oscar was gone. There was no body dangling over the edge of the bridge, just an empty noose where the dying goat man should have been. In a rage, the mob went to Oscar's small house, thinking he had somehow escaped their murderous justice, but found only Oscar's family in the home. Their bloodlust unsated, the mob lit the home on fire, killing everyone inside, Oscar's wife and children. The goat man, though? The lynch mob never found him, alive or dead. Years passed and strange tales began to circulate about the area around the old Alton Bridge, now known as the Goatman's Bridge. It's said that if you cross the bridge at night with your headlights off, the smell of rotting and decaying flesh will be your only warning of the vengeful and goat-headed figure waiting for you on the opposite side of the bridge. Glowing eyes red like the fires of hell might appear if you knock three times on the iron supports of the bridge. Is it the goat man still searching for the murderers of his family after all those long and torturous years? But that begs the question, why does Oscar appear as a half-man, half-goat? Legend has it, when the Klansmen threw Oscar over the side of the bridge, Oscar was immediately decapitated. When Oscar's headless but not lifeless body went in search of his family and his killers, he found only the burnout shell of his former home and the charred remains of his wife and children. Oscar's goats, though they were still alive. 
So Oscar took the head of one of his goats as his own and now roams the area around the Goatman's Bridge, searching eternally for his killers, seeking justice for his family from beyond the grave. You have a story of something, maybe something odd that happened to you when you were in Santa Fe, when you were in school, don't you? Yeah, this is sort of just a weird, high, strange situation. So it starts off uh, with a story that isn't mine. Uh, so there's a thing in Santa Fe called the Burning of Zazobra, and it's this old native um, tradition, and they build this giant. It's like a giant effigy puppet kind of thing, and it can kind of move, but it's like it's like telephone pole size tall, like taller than a telephone pole. It's oh, giant, wow. this massive puppet, and it's it you know it can do some kind of rudimentary movements. They kind of like the arms move a little bit, and the 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 head kind of moves a little bit. And what it's supposed to symbolize is old man gloom, and it's all the negative thoughts and feelings. That have collected over a year, and they burn it. It's it's in September. Um, they burn it, and it's and it's just a giant bonfire, and everybody goes down and watches this giant bonfire, and it's supposed to be releasing all this negativity. Mm. And people say that things can get kind of weird that night because there's all these spiritual elements that are getting burned. And so uh, my first year there for college and there's a there's a there's an area there's a mountain that's kind of like far off from from where they do this burning where there's all these areas uh like it's kind of turnoffs where you can park and you can I don't even know if you can see the burning but after the burning people walk this like single file line with a candle they each have a candle so it looks like this kind of um and they walk up this curvy hill and from this opposite sided mountain there's all these spots where you can see the people walking from far away but because they're holding a candles it looks like this like single file snake lights kind of going up yeah. this curvy mountain and it's and it's supposed to be really cool to look at from these from these areas i went to the zozobra but i didn't go to a spot but there was this this girl uh in my class that went and it was her and her friend who was in town and her boyfriend. And they drove to this spot and they're watching the thing burn and um uh or they're watching they're watching they're not the burn, they're watching the the snake lights kind of go up with the people walking. And like I said, it's supposed to like to let go all these spirits. And this mountain where they're watching from is called Old Baldy. And it's it has a lot of Old Baldy's has a big um there's a lot of spiritual uh, Native American stuff centered around it. There's a lot of huh. it's like a sacred kind of place. This this mountain is considered this kind of sacred sacred area. So they're they're up there and they're watching. And um, at some point, and they had like a jeep, and but it was a jeep with like a with a hard top connected to it. And uh, they're all they're all three sitting there in the in the kind of front seat area. And there was like some kind of a bucket seats situation and the the jeep starts rocking starts moving and um they sit there and kind of like what and just you know look around nothing and they so they kind of go back to watching the jeep starts 
moving again. Somebody's rocking it, and and he's like looking. The guy who is driving is looking out the um, the side mirrors, and it's so he's drive. There's the guy's driving. The girl that I know is in the middle, and then the friend is in the passenger seat, the full, the furthest of the passenger seat. He's looking around. He, I think he even opened up the door and kind of like looked back. There's nothing there. And then like the third time, it's shaking again, and he turns around to look back from within the car, and he goes back and starts, you know, like frantically trying to start the car. And he says, don't turn around, don't turn around, don't turn around, don't turn around. And the girl in the passenger seat turns around, starts screaming. And the girl, and she t told me this story, and she and she got serious when she was telling me this. Um, and she wasn't, she, she said that there was a glowing green arm, translucent, going through the hardtop, reaching in at them. Oh, God. So she's he's freaking out he gets it started just backs up and turn around and they're looking back there's no arm there and they're just hauling ass down this mountain now to get up this mountain it is a windy as fuck road you sure. know it's that, yeah. that thing where if you were to look on a map you it would look like okay I'm, I'm there i'm at the mountain but like you know to get to these upper high spots it takes forever because you're just taking Switch turn after turn yeah, after yeah. turn at some point, they pass a guy who's just like walking all by himself on this mountain road. And there's nothing out there. There's like other than these kind of like spots to kind of pull over there. I mean, at the top of the mountain, there's a ski slope, but this is not ski area time. Right. 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 Um, so they pass this guy and then they're driving down. They pass the same guy and. The, apparently the second time they pass him the girl that's on the far side looks looks at him as they're driving by and just starts screaming he had no face he had no face he had no face so they haul ass down the mountain she you know she was supposed to stay the weekend she's like i got uh, she gets out of town immediately you know oh, she man. like has to sleep in bed with them and it was just like freaking out the guy apparently is like going to priests and stuff like that, and they're completely freaked out. So uh, now this is like a week later after that, and I hadn't heard the story from her. She, she after after this went down, I went later went and found her because I hadn't got to know her yet. Um, but and she she told me all that verbatim, so I heard it from her. But the first time I hear the story, I hear it from uh, my new like friend who this get new guy at the, uh, you know, this, this guy that I've, I've met through the dorm. He tells me the story. He's like, yeah, she told me and my roommate and my dorm mate and another dude had gone up and somebody else had drunk. They went to go do mushrooms on the mountain and they were like, Hey, can I can't remember if I dropped them off or not. I, I want to say I did like early in the day and they're like, Hey, can you come pick us up? from the spot it was actually at the ski slope at the very top of the mountain but the ski slopes aren't working but yeah. they were just gonna like run around there and be on mushrooms so um he's like well i'll roll back i'll roll with you to pick them up and so we're driving up the mountain it's dark this is like you know this is like nighttime and i'm driving up the mountain and he's like did you hear the story about uh, marissa or whatever her name is i was like no so he tells me what i just told you and the whole time like uh, you know it, it was he was you know he was probably more detail because it was a lot fresher i mean this was 1990 
three or four or whatever. And uh, he's and he was like, man, it was pretty chill. I was like, man, that's a fucking weird story, you know. And I'm like, that is crazy. And he, you know, he gets to the end, and uh, there was this, there was a car, kind of like we were saying with the black van. This weird jalopy kept getting in front of me and trying to slow down. I was like, what is this dude doing? And then eventually it would turn off and then you know it wasn't weird enough that i was like that's paranormal but it just if something felt weird so we finally go pick up those guys and um we get them in the car and it you have to start the big trudge down this mountain home and i was like dave you got to tell them that story you just told me he's like you know i don't something feels weird. I don't know if I want to tell that story again because it happened right on that mountain. I was like, right. you got to tell him. You got to tell him the story. So he starts telling him the story and he's, you know, it, it took longer than what I told you because he has every single detail, you know, and it just happened. Every single detail is down. And it's, it's very building to that part of, and then he turned around and, saw he gets to all the car shaking all that all the zozobra stuff adds in some more details that he's heard about zozobra he gets to the part where he's like he turns around and the next line should be and he sees the green line and all of a sudden this deer jumps out in front of my car and the, i mean so close to my car i mean like me and this deer made eye contact and i'm just like I'm just screaming at the top of my lungs. I, I slam on the brakes. Everybody in the car is like the, the, the tension was already built from the story. And right. just that second, this deer slam on the brakes. I'm, my car is spinning 360 down this mountain. I end up on the side of the road facing the wrong direction. And I'm just like, what the, f it was, it felt, it felt like the mountain was saying, don't, don't tell this story. It felt something felt weird. It felt more than just coincidence. So sitting on the side of the road, I'm like, that, you know, everyone's hyperventilating and I get in the car, start driving again, drive for a while because everybody's just like, just, just breathing, you know, drive for like another like 10 minutes. Cause it takes like a solid half hour to get down, up and down this mountain. Wow. And like one of the dudes in the back is like, no, no, do not finish. Uh, you know, do not finish the story. All right. So finally, we kind of debate whether to finish the story or not. Dave's like, all right, I'll, all right. There's, there's a much debate about it. I don't know for how many minutes, but finally we all are like, okay, finish the story. He's like, okay. So he's, you know, the car was shaking. He turns around and he sees, a, and he starts to say green arm again. And that second, I swear to God, the lights on my car just go out. Car is still working, but every single just. And we're on this mountain road. There's no, there's no street, no street lights. lights. No, there's no, no street lights. It is complete and utter blackness. I start slowing down because I can't see anything. I'm just slowing down because it's all these curves. And I just, everybody starts screaming. I'm slowing down. I'm like, and I start saying like, somebody look at what time it is. Everyone look at what time it is. Because I, in my head, I was like, we're getting abducted. I was like, I was like, I, in my head, I was like, because I'm thinking green arm and I'm just like, it's going to be f five hours later. You know, like I was like, the next thing we know, it is going to be five hours later. 
I slow down and I stop and it was like, don't stop. And I'm like, I can't, I, I can't do anything. The lights won't come on. The brights won't come on. Yeah. Nothing will come on. Um, all the lights are out. I, I find, I'm, I'm playing with everything and I hit the hazard lights and the hazard lights for whatever reason will still work. But it's, it's just like blink, blink, blink every, you know, every two seconds I can see the road lit up with the orange hazard light. So I just, I drove the rest of the way home crazy, crazy slow with the hazard lights on. And, you know, we did not finish the story uh, at all. We're just kind of making home. And then, um, you know, the next day, uh, my light, my lights did like other lights came on the next day. My headlamps did, my headlamp did not come on, but the rest of the lights did come back on. And, I took it into the shop and they were like, yeah, like, uh, the fuse seemed fine. We put in a new fuse, but the fuse isn't blown. So I don't know. It's, it started working again. And so there wasn't, it wasn't like a weird, like, you know, you usually can see that a fuse is blown. Right. Right. Like we replaced the fuse and it started working, but the old fuse doesn't look like it's blown, but it just stopped working. Wow. So, you know, I don't know what that means or what that is, but, um, you know, like I said, that, that mountain is really considered the spiritual sacred place by the Native Americans. I, I Yeah, I don't know how to explain that one at all. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> That's yeah. gnarly. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it could be coincidences, I could guess be, a series yeah. of coincidences, but... Damn, if it wasn't a if if the the coincidences they sure lined up in a cinematic way, you know? very synchronous in some ways. Like, yeah. right? oh wow, yeah, damn, that's yeah. that's creepy too. <laughs> that's a creepy story. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Those who see that by not playing and not giving in 
Well, talk about, you know, maybe possible UFO strangeness. This is something that happened in Denton and kind of all over Texas, too. The 1897 Texas airship invasion. Have you ever heard of that? Yes. You have? Yeah. What is that? What was that? Well, and yeah, it was just a bunch of, I have like a book somewhere about just Texas UFOs and yeah, people were just seeing stuff and they described it as, you know, it was in the 1890s, but there was also another place in Texas where they supposedly a craft crashed and they buried something and people still go out there to this day it's in a cemetery in this little it's town in a cemetery right? yeah. yeah and actually mark ryan from mark men and and uh stuff he went out and visited it uh recently i think it's in like newspapers and stuff there's like old papers that talk about everyone seeing that, that airship stuff and it's a little vague because they don't have anything close to the terminology that we have now right you know so but just people were seeing all this all these lights and and these i think there was some daytime activity too of these these craft that were just kind of slowly meandering through the sky back at a time when there were no craft meandering in the skies at all really yeah there weren't any drones yet (laughs) that's mistake them for (laughs) yeah that's right when you said that that i was reading about that how one of the, that one town where they found a crashed ship, but this is way, you know, 50 years before Roswell or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah and, totally. And they totally. took whoever was on the ship died and whatever it was or whoever it was. Yeah. And they buried him in their cemetery and there it sits to this day. So, yeah, you know, and what's funny, there's a, there's a movie, <laughs> there's a movie that I think it's, it still exists only on VHS. I mean, it's probably on YouTube somewhere too, but it's called the Aurora encounter. Hmm. And it's kind of fucked up because they, they retold that story, but fictionalized it. And to get aliens, they got a kid who had this disease called progeria where you look really, really old. And I remember they used to bring out, they used to like wheel out progeria kids um, on that show, That's Incredible, back in the day. Oh, and I was yeah. so scared of getting progeria, but it's like a genetic thing. You, It's like, they call it like the aging disease, and you just look really old and really odd and ailing. You get this kind of bird-like, like, beak-like yes. nose and does your stuff, head kind of kind of grow, grows yeah, a little bit too much or something? Totally. But they hired these like progeria kids to play aliens because they were like make a wish kids. Like that was their wish to be in a movie. <laughs> oh my God. Up. Oh God. <laughs> so they just got aliens that they didn't need makeup for. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh boy. That's rough. Oh man. You said you had a UFO sighting too or yeah. something you could call uh, you. If yeah. It's a UFO sighting, well, maybe. I, and this is, and it's weird because. It wasn't near as scary as like that last story, but so junior high, this is before, and I'll say I was, I had to drive up a mountain. I was totally sober when that Santa Fe thing happened, but this junior high experience, this is pre me getting into like even pot, you know, or mushrooms or anything. Cause I've, I've got some friends that have ghost stories or UFO stories, but they're like, oh yeah. And we were on, we were on acid. I'm like, well, it just, I'm sorry, but it just doesn't count anymore um, right. 
This is like pre. So I had this friend who I I would stay over at his house all the time, and his mom like we would all stay over there, and we were all skate rats, we were all skateboarders, and his mom was uh, and dad were really cool, and they would just kind of his dad was gone all the time, and his mom was like, yeah, go do whatever you want. She's like totally, but and, but we were like really pretty. I mean, we were like vandals, but like we were, you know, we weren't into we weren't into probably in like the seventh or eighth grade. And we, we really did just go out and skateboard. We were actually like super like good, you know, we'd stay up all night skateboarding and maybe toilet paper someone's house or vandalize something, but we weren't into drugs or drinking or anything yet. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and there was like a, another crew of kids who lived, um, so uh, my buddy Ben, he lived on uh, a, a street and right across the street was a, was a, a grade school, an elementary school. And there was a really big series of like football fields out there, you know, like for kids to play. So you could you could have like you could have like five soccer games going on at once. It was, once it was such a big like field or whatever. And then across that field was uh, another kind of neighborhood, and and like there was a group of kids who had a similar situation where they would all stay over at this kid's house. So there would be a big pack of like ten of us um, skateboarding, and five at one place and five at the other. And we were all walking across this field, and it was probably, I would guess, like 1 a.m. between midnight and, and 1.30 in the morning. But there was just these five lights that were that were going through the sky. And usually, and I definitely, I'd never seen anything like it before, and I've never seen anything like it since. And I'm not saying that this was, you know, aliens per se, but I haven't seen lights do this. Each one, usually when you see a light, a plane or whatever it's either or even a satellite it's um and these these lights were bigger than um a plane or a satellite for certainly mm-hmm. bigger than a satellite but these are they were a little bit bigger than a plane um but they're still very far off there was never i never had any moment like oh there's a craft that's about to come get us i did do the same thing of like everybody remember what time it is cuz if we get home and it's 4 hours later i want to know something happened but there's five lights and Usually if you see a light that's a plane, it's either a light that just kind of stays steady that moves across the sky or a light that blinks, yeah. you know, off and on. These were like, each one would like, it was red and it would fade into blue and then fade into green and then fade into yellow and then fade back into red. It was just the, they each were kind of this like, you know, and not, didn't blink change. It was like a fade. Yeah. And there were five of them. And they were going across the sky, kind of single file. And then they just kind of all started doing these weird little funky tricks. They would do these these weird little like, and it wasn't so fast that I was like, oh, that could never be a plane. But it was also like they moved with this weird fluid kind of, I don't know, like watching something in a lava lamp that was moving a little quicker. Like two of them would kind of ch- like get off formation and kind of one would kind of chase the other one. And then they would kind of get back into formation. It was like they were like they were just playing, like they were all just kind of playing. And they just kind of moved through the sky. I was like, man, you know, and it was one of those things where you, you looked at it and it wasn't immediately like, oh my God, that's that's a fucking UFO. It was more like, what is that? Whoa, what, yeah. wait, what is that? Whoa, weird. And at some point I was like, I don't think that's 
it's like that's something weird and then one of the guys was like really freaked out i think and was just like no it's normal no it's normal i see i've seen that all the time you guys are being stupid shut up guys and that's almost <laughs> what this dude insisting that this was normal is what made me really go like man this is something different you know <laughs> this is weird right this is so <laughs> weird crap. and like i said like i've never i've never seen anything like it since like it was it was cool, you know. I mean, the only thing that is at all close is uh, I did like I've I've experienced the Marfa Lights, um, which oh yeah is, is out in Marfa, and there's just a certain spot, and it was it was similar. Um, the Marfa Lights are just these lights that kind of they kind of do this weird they bounce around and they're not there every day, and nobody knows what they are, but it's this kind of like accepted place of seeing a phenomena you know so you know i don't know if if that night back in in denton if we if the aurora borealis was doing something that we got lucky and we could see it but it wasn't like that i mean these were distinct lights these five things and like i said like i said i've never seen anything like it before i've never seen anything like it since and i definitely like look up to the stars to see just to see if i can see anything all the time yeah. i did have a thing during the pandemic i was walking uh my dog and uh i looked up and i saw it was just like this it was like a, a light i was like oh is that a satellite then i saw like the next light the next light it was just this train of light after light after light after light and i was like what the fuck i got on twitter and i was like is anybody seeing some weird shit in dent or in austin right now and there's a couple other people like yeah we are and i was just like what the fuck is that and i started to get a little bit excited about it and then somebody was like, was it this? And they put a link to uh, Elon Musk has this thing called the space train. And yeah, I was just like, yeah. oh, yeah, it was definitely that. And it's funny, like, I don't know, like probably about a year later, a buddy was like, fuck, Mike, I'm seeing UFOs right now. I'm like, was it this? And he was just like, yeah, it was that. <laughs> it, was, it, was a, it was a SpaceX. Well, Mike, that's really all I have for you. You had told me some oh, awesome. great stories, man. Awesome stories. Um, so is there fun. anything coming up for you that you want to mention that people should know about? I know you're playing punk rock bowling yeah, with both Riverboat bands, Gamblers. Both bands, Dracula's and Gamblers, are playing punk rock bowling. Um, uh, people in Texas, I am uh, October. I'm opening for Kyle Kinane doing comedy. Uh, at uh, the Texas Theater in Dallas and at uh, the Paramount Theater in Austin. Dallas is uh, the 14th of October and Austin is the 15th of October. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, Gamblers have a new seven inch out. If anybody wants to check it out on Anxious and Angry, you can get all that Gambler stuff on Anxious and Angry. And I do a podcast called The International News Service where yes, we talk yes. about stuff like this, but we're very, very silly. And it's, it's, it's actually more of a comedy podcast. But we do actually talk about stuff like this. Great. Yeah, I definitely will uh, post links to all that awesome. good stuff, especially the yeah. podcast, so people can check it out for awesome. sure. So. Well, great, Mike. Thank you so much, Thank man. You. It was great this talking awesome. to you. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back, and thank you so much to Mike Weeby of Riverboat Gamblers and Draculas and more. Thank you so much for talking to me in this episode of the Bobcast. Yeah, holy shit. Uh, the story about Santa Fe Baldy, that was pretty scary, weird, and wild, right? Yeah, keep telling the story. Oh, no, don't. 
Stop telling the story. Why don't you guys... I don't know why they didn't start talking about, like, puppies and unicorns. Something non-threatening. Let's not keep talking about that disembodied, glowing green arm and that faceless thing walking down that mountain road. Oh, my God. Very creepy. Thanks again, Mike. That was a great conversation. I'd also like to thank Mr. Jeff Humper, a mutual friend of Mike and I, for the question about Bruce Hall and also the question about his sister's creepy doll. Jeff, please don't forget to send me a picture of that doll. I would appreciate it. And thanks again, buddy. I also, I hope you enjoyed the Goatman's Bridge story that I told on top of Mike's. Mike's story about the cult activity and the rocks being thrown around. That's also one of the urban legends of that area that you can read all about online for sure. Just like the story that I told about the kind of half man, half goat, former goat rancher that roams around the area looking for vengeance. And it's really funny to me how urban legends, scary stories, old ghost stories, that type of thing can take on kind of multiple forms depending on who you heard the story from, depending on the source, right? I don't know. One of my thoughts is maybe that area around Goatman's Bridge is like a paranormal hotspot because there are spots like that, right? And we kind of referenced that back in the interview where there will be tons of UFO sighting in one concentrated area like the Marfa Lights thing that Mike referenced. There are also areas where, you know, ghosts and maybe spirit activity is really common. Maybe Goatman's Bridge is just like that. I don't know. It's kind of a hot spot for high strangeness, you might say. Very creepy, no matter what. And also very, very interesting. Maybe both the stories are true to an extent. I don't know. You could always visit that area and see for yourself. Just be very careful and make sure you let your loved ones know where you're going just in case. And leave your headlights on as you cross the old Alton Bridge or Goatman's Bridge. Yes. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Please remember, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, please consider becoming a patron of the Bobcast on Patreon. Simply go to patreon.com slash I want to party with Bob, and you can sign up there. Plans start at $1 a month. Please be careful when crossing any strange or foreboding feeling bridges. Thank you so much for listening to the I want to party with Bob Bobcast. Bobcast.